0: welcome to stories i didn't tell last sunday hi i'm doug McAllister, and today i want to tell you a story about a little girl named hannah but before i tell you the story let me tell you how i first found out about hannah in 1985 i was in bible college and between classes i walked over to the bookstore and i was searching for a new book to read and I found several that caught my eye, but one in particular stood out from all the rest. So I picked it up, and I began I began to thumb through it, uh, and it captured my attention. So I bought the book, I think maybe 5 or $10, uh, and I added it to the books that I was reading. And it was a book called Heinz Feet on High Places, and the author was Hannah Hernard. Here is a copy of that book that... I bought in 1985. I don't think this is the same one that I bought 40 years ago. It may be. I'm not really sure. But this is the book uh, Hind's Feet on High Places" by Hannah Hernard. I would encourage you to read it because it is uh, it is an allegory about our walk with Jesus. So let me tell you Hannah's story. Hannah was born in 1905 and passed away in 1990. She was 85 years old at the time of her death. Well, Hannah grew up in a Quaker family in Europe. Her dad and mom were wealthy business people, but they were uh, devout followers of Jesus. Uh, So Hannah grew up in a very conservative evangelical home, but she never had a conversion experience of her own, in fact, in her autobiography, she tells a story that until she was nineteen, she grew further and further away from her family's faith and even denied the existence of God. She had a stammer that she was born with and unable to communicate clearly, and always felt like she was an outsider. And she was consumed with fears about life and darkness and death and everything in between. So her life was a torment. Well, her dad and mom made her go to church every Sunday. And she wrote that she always dreaded Sunday because she didn't understand what the preacher was saying or the validity of the Bible or even that there was a God. When she was 15 years old, she decided that there wasn't a God and announced it to her family. But her dad and mom continued to love her and raise her and bring her to church. Well, uh, when she turned 19, so this is the early 1920s, there was a meeting held for the Quakers, sort of like a week-long evangelistic event uh, that they called the convention And it was in a little town called Keswick, and her dad asked her to go with her, knowing that she was an unbeliever and agnostic, but had not given up on Hannah's faith. She decided to travel with her dad to treat it as a vacation, and made a deal with him that she would attend the morning service and the night service, but the rest of the day she would have to her own to be able to explore the town and walk through the woods and the trails. So dad agreed to let her go. Well, the meeting had concluded. It was a week-long event, and she was more bored than ever with the church and with God. On the very last day, she went to the meeting, and instead of a preacher, there were 12 missionaries, men and women who had been serving in foreign fields, each telling stories about the miracles that God had done in their ministry and the salvations and the many works that they had witnessed as they served as missionaries. Each one told a different story, all with the same theme, that the power of God is real and he'll work in the life of any person that believes. Hannah says she thought to herself, yeah, that may work for everybody, but not for me. At the end of the missionary service, the MC got up to close out the meeting and he ended it with an altar call. And he said, if any of you young people feel called to be a missionary, I want you to stand to your feet. And she says she looked around the large tent where they were meeting and there were hundreds of students and college age kids standing up all over the tent uh, auditorium uh, making a public uh, profession of their call to the mission field, which made... Hannah squirm in her seat. But then the next question came, and this is the one that caused her public humiliation. The MC of the event said, if you are a parent with a child that you think is called to missions, and you would like to stand for them, I want you to rise to your feet. Well, hundreds of parents stood up, including Hannah's very own father. He stood up to announce to God and the world that he believed that His children, he had 11 11 children at the time, uh, and that he believed that one or many of them were called omissions. This made Hannah furious. She got up from her seat. She ran out of the tent back to the boarding house where they were staying, locked herself in her room, and she told God, God, I don't think you're there. But I am publicly humiliated by what my dad just did to me. And God, if you're real, you better tell me right now. Because if not, I am going to uh, lose my relationship, not just with you, but even with my own father. She said she sat there on the floor crying and she saw a Bible out of the corner of her eye. And she picked it up and she said, God, if you're not going to talk to me, then just talk to me through this book. And she randomly opened it to the book of First Kings, to the story of Elijah, where he was preaching to the Israelites to make a decision whether they were going to serve Baal, the false god, or the true and living God. And she knew that was a message for her. Would she serve the God of this world, or would she serve the God of the universe, the creator? She said something began to happen. Within about 30 minutes, from 1 o'clock that day till 1.30, she prayed on her knees. And when she was done, she felt like the burdens of the world had lifted off of, her, off of her soul. And she had what many of us would call a conversion experience. She gave her life to the Lord. Well, she got up from her prayer and she went and told her father, What happened, and she said nothing on the outside had changed. She still had a stammer, she was still consumed with fears, but inside, everything had changed primarily her outlook and her embrace of faith. She would write later that I think God was waiting for me to come to Him in my weakness with my stammer and with my fears and offer that to Him before I would find. A divine connection to him. A few years later Hannah went off to Bible college. Then a few years after she graduated she joined a, a missionary team in England and in Ireland who did evangelistic outdoor crusades from city to city and village to village. She traveled with them for several years. One day in one village She'd gone up to pray in a town in Ireland, at a beautiful spot in the mountains. And she said in her writings later, that that moment came where she was alone in those mountains and she heard the call of God to be a missionary. Well, uh, in her own words, she said, God asked her if if she would go to Israel and love the Jews like he loved them. She was hesitant at first She didn't want to go to Israel, and she did not love the Jews, but she knew the Lord had called her. So she told the director of the outreach team that she was on of her call. He doubted it because he said, I don't think they want women preachers in Israel. So she applied to an international missions board to see if she can get a slot with them, and she was denied her application. Later, as she struggled to find a way to go to Israel, Uh, She appealed back to the International Missions Board, and they asked, well, what special qualifications do you have that would benefit uh, our missions teams in Israel? Are you a nurse or a doctor or a teacher? Do you have secretarial skills? Do you have any abilities? And all she had was Bible college training to be a preacher. And they said, well, thanks anyway, but we don't need a female evangelist. And then the idea struck her. What if I volunteer to go and pay my own way and just find a place to serve in your team? And that opened the door. They gave her an appointment and made plans for her to move to Israel. Her father, being wealthy, helped underwrite her move. And she would arrive in Israel as a servant. She said later in the book of her own story that she was assigned to a hospital as an orderly to work in housekeeping, which she detested. But she said, if this is what God has called me to do, then I will do it with all of my heart. And she was transformed. She would stay there several years serving as an orderly in housekeeping just so that she could learn how to love the Jews like God loved the Jews and how she could bring the gospel to his people. She would spend the next 50 years as a missionary to Israel. She was there from the 1920s all the way to the 1970s. She would spend the bulk of her entire life serving in Israel. She would make journeys home every couple of years back to England to visit her father and to rest from her missionary work and to raise funds for her next trip. And it was on one of those trips where she had a layover in Switzerland. She was driving across Europe and had friends in Switzerland and they allowed her to stay in their home in the mountains. And in the middle of her missionary journey, in the 50 years that she would spend, in 1955, she wrote this book that I mentioned earlier on, Hind's Feet on High Places. It's, the, it's sort of the seminal work of her entire life is captured in the story of this allegory. It's inspired by a scripture in Habakkuk chapter 3 that God said that we, he would treat us like hinds feet on high places, which means the, the steady feet of the mountain goat who's walking into the high places of the mountains. And you probably have seen on television how some of these mountain goats are able to scale high mountains with very small places for their feet to land. But they get to experience the height of the mountains, uh, the exhilaration of the danger, and to see the glorious sights that no other eye can see because they're willing to go on hind's feet to high places. Hind being an old uh, English word for goat or mountain goat or an animal that climbs high into the hills. So the entire story is about a heroine whose name is Much Afraid. It's It's a story about Hannah's own life. She called herself Much Afraid. And she had two constant companions on the journey to the high places, on the left and on the right, sorrow and suffering was her constant companion. But on the way to the high places, she knew that she was going to meet the good shepherd. And there, when she got to the highest point, that he would transform her, much afraid, and her two companions. I don't want to spoil the ending for you. It's well worth the read. The journey she takes from the valley all the way to the heights of the Good Shepherd and the transformation that takes place is a beautiful allegory of how God takes us in our fears, in our doubt, in our struggles and in our shame and uses those very things as transformational agents in our life, our suffering and sorrow along the way to the high places, becomes the very catalyst for our transformation. I don't want to spoil the ending, so please go read Heinz Feet on High Places. It's Hannah Hernard's Life's Work. Uh, It's still in print to this day. Uh, Millions of copies have been sold. And it's well worth putting in your library. Uh, Let me add a word of caution. Uh, If you read... Some of Hannah's other works, as she grew older, she moved to the United States and eventually passed away in Florida. And some of her later works veered deeply into uh, error, and I just want to warn you of that. In fact, some of her last books aren't even now sold in New Age stores uh, because she left the mainline interpretation of the Bible. But at that moment in her life, She had a clear picture of who Jesus was and how it affects our life. And I wanted to use that as a cautionary tale for you. Hannah, in the latter parts of her life, relied more on her inner voice of hearing from God than she relied on the Word of God. And we are all capable of doing that, that we get so spiritually set in our own ways that we forget that God's Word is source of our faith and not a word from god now god spoke to hannah no doubt as a young college student my life was forever impacted by the story of much afraid and her journey to the high places god never discounts the good that we do just because we make error in other parts of our lives And I want to give Hannah the credit that she is due. God is our our judge and he is our only judge. So I want to celebrate that wonderful book that she left behind that has influenced millions of believers. But also use her life as a reminder that we should always keep our eyes focused on the word of God. It is our rule of faith. So I still give my wholehearted endorsement to Hannah's book Heinz feet on high places and the work that she wrote in the latter part of her life's life in the 70s and 80s of her life may be in question but the truth that she told in that book is a story of God's redemption on in Heinz feet on high places so where are you today are you traveling up the high hills and Do you have travel companions like suffering and sorrow who's ever with you? Do not despair. The love of God walks with us every step of the way. And the transformation that Hannah spoke of in her book awaits us all. And keep your faith solidly grounded on the word of God. And that's the story of Hannah Hernard, the author that I met by chance in a little bookstore in a Bible college in 1985. Well, at least that's the story I didn't get to tell last Sunday. Hope you enjoyed today's edition. This is Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church. Uh, we produce this weekly podcast to tell stories, to build your faith, to encourage your journey, and to help you to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. For more information about Journey, check us out at jf.church. Or you can download the Journey app. It's free from your app store. Type in Journey Fellowship Church in the search bar. Download the app. It is packed with resources to help you in your journey of faith. And it is absolutely compliments of Journey. If you live somewhere near Slidell, come worship with us here. And we'd love to meet you on Sunday morning as we gather for live worship. Or you can join us on the online campus, jf.church or on the Journey app Any way, we would love to see you in person or online. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Doug McAllister for Journey, and this has been Stories I Didn't Tell last Sunday.